Ah, hey Islanders, you're listening to Breakfast on the Bridge, the featured morning show of KMIH 88.9 The Bridge, bringing you a smoldering serving of local sports, news, and talk on the island. Grab a plate, grab your cutlery, and enjoy the show. Hello, 88.9. Welcome to Breakfast on the Bridge. I am Sophie. I'm Molly. And thank you so much for joining us today. And Molly, I don't know about you, but when I was driving here, the fog was insane. I could not see a thing at all. No, it it was it was actually awful. You couldn't see anything. It was like driving blind, <laughs> like halfway. It was bad. And I don't think it's been like this at all yet. It was just, I think it's just because the weather was finally starting to get cold now. You just couldn't see a thing. There was just, I think, also too. Next week we're supposed to have rain, which is very interesting. Oh, rain for the, like the first time, kind of. Yeah, in basically ever. Yeah, because there was there was been no rain. The weather has been crazy lately. It's been eighty in October, and we've had no rain, which is crazy because usually this is very like very rainy season. Yeah. So I don't know about you, but I am very very excited. For the rain, honestly. It's just, it feels like it's been too long. There's been sun for a little bit, just a little bit too long. And honestly, I'm excited for it to go away. And before we really get into things, I believe you said we had a quick trivia question for the morning. Yes, we do have a trivia question of the morning. I don't know if you're a big fan of reality TV, but the question (laughs) is, who is the oldest Kardashian sister? Oh, no. Okay, wait. (laughs) Um, okay. Oh, try try to name... Can you try to name all this? All okay, no, I, I think I can go into... Okay, I want to say the oldest one is... Um, Court... Wait. Yeah, Courtney. Courtney. Yeah, that's that's the yes. correct answer. I I never... I watched, like, the growing up, I watched the Kardashians occasionally. I feel like if there was nothing else on TV, then I would have watched <laughs> it, but I wasn't, like, yeah. an avid watcher. Yeah, there... Okay, there are, like, some Kardashian super fans. I'm not gonna lie, so... Mm-hmm. Some people are of that camp, but okay... We're going to get right into our morning show, but first, we're going to talk to our good friend, Sophie Prock, who is going to help us on the news. Sophie, how are you doing today? Can you hear us all right? Yeah, I can hear both of you all right. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing, doing great. great. Did you also notice the fog this morning when you were coming to school? I did notice the fog. I was I was driving my car to school, and I could I had my, my brights on, and I could barely even see. It was, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Insane. It, it was well, awful. Sophie is going to be telling us the news right now, so Sophie... It's all you. All right. Kyle Rittenhouse, an active gunman from protests in Kenosha, Washington in 2020, posted a short video and wrote in the caption that he is planning to create content about guns and the Second Amendment. Rittenhouse fatally shot two men and wounded a third in Kenosha and was charged with homicide and attempted homicide in August of 2021. However, he claimed self-defense and was found guilty, found not guilty on all counts. He also tweeted that he is planning to attend Blinn College in Texas and Texas A&M University in 2023. So, yesterday, Celeste Ng visited Seattle in the evening. At Town Hall, she spoke with Danya Kufaka about her new book, Our Missing Hearts. The two talked about her writing craft and how her personal life influences her writing and how politics today bleed into her novels. Her work continues to explore the ways that she supposedly that supposedly civilized communities communities can pretend to ignore the most searing injustice. So, a little birdie t- told us that you went 
saw that yesterday. <laughs> I did actually. I How did get that? the chance to go and see her speak. It was really special. My both of my English courses um, suggested that I would go and see it, and um, we also got homework points to go see it. So you know what? I wasn't doing anything. I was interested because we have read a few of her short stories, and we're going to be reading her book later on this semester. So her, I, her new book? Yeah, her new book, That's yes. I think, actually, no, I'm sorry. Excuse me. We're going to be reading every um, Little Fires, Fires Everywhere. That's what she uh, also wrote. Um, so I went to see it, and it was it was really cool. I'd never seen an author spoke speak in person like that. Yeah, that seems really interesting, too, to hear about it in school and, like, see it and then actually be there and see it in person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's really cool. And I believe you do have some more news, as there's a lot Um there's always on news. This week, There's so. always news. Yeah. So in the Middle Eastern nation of Iran, political change may be imminent. Um, in, in mid-September, a 22-year-old woman named Masa Amini was brutalized and killed by Iran's mortality police for choosing not to wear a hijab, sparking mass uproar and protests across Iran, even with the most pro-government districts now turning against their leaders. Iran protesters are calling for their nation to rise up against the government and its supreme leader, hoping to rid the country of political oppression and end the systematic disenfranchisement of women. Hundreds of protesters are being killed by the Iranian Republic for standing up for their own beliefs, but the movement shows no sign of slowing down. Our reporter, Miles Avila, spoke with Anahita Nahafian, a student at Mercer Island High School, who has family in Iran and has been closely following the movement there. What went through your mind when you heard about the killing of Masa Amini and the subsequent protests? Sadly, not really a lot, just because this is like more common than you'd think. And it was it was just very odd. But the, all of the protests started was very nice because it was for a very minor cause that they did kill her. And the fact that they tried to cover it up was something new and was just like outrageous, honestly. What are some of the key issues that women are advocating for themselves with? Um, I think it's mostly uh, both having the rights to not have to wear the hijab. And also, women aren't allowed to publicly sing in Iran. So there have been a lot of women singing during protests as well. And it's great, but it's also very sad because there's just so many things that women can't do. Iranian women face many other restrictions in areas like marriage, travel, and property ownership. Luckily, young people have played a major role in stepping forward to lead the movement. I asked Anahita what allows the youth to be so bold in their actions. Basically, the law that women had to wear their hijabs, or it's called Rusai in Iran, was mostly, um, it started in like 1987. So for their parents, it was like halfway through their lives. And they basically would hear all like the stories that their parents would tell them about when they actually had the rights that they like deserved. And there's also all these other countries that surround them that are allowed to do the things that they can't. Anahita says that it can be difficult for Iranian Americans to show support for the movement. I went to a protest two weeks ago that was about the Masa Amini killing. And the thing was, is that a lot of the Iranians around there were wearing masks and sunglasses and caps because if their face is shown in any recording and posted online, there is a very high chance they won't be able to go back to Iran and like visit their family there. So it's just like they want to be supportive, but it's very hard to be at the same time. One of my mom's friends recently told me about her mom, who's currently in Iran, and she was at a restaurant and all of the women in the restaurant were actually not wearing their headscarves. And that was honestly very great. It showed that there was actual change and it wasn't just like 
violence and protests that were happening and like the society is slowly changing. I am so glad that we have the opportunity to interview people like that on KMIH and so glad we were able to hear that feature too. It was very interesting and I think very enlightening for a lot of people too. And on the topic of news, we still have more where we will now actually play STEM news that you can use. So here is that now. Hi, I'm Sophia and this is STEM news you can use. Wildfire smoke in the western U.S. is reversing air quality gains from over the past two decades. Not only that, the smoke can be extremely unhealthy for those who breathe it in. The smoke plumes send a mix of gas, chemicals, and small particles into the skies. This includes PM 2.5, particulate matter that's 2.5 micrometers in diameter, which is 30 times smaller than the diameter of human hair. These particles have major health impacts. They're small enough to get deep into the lungs and bloodstream, and even the brain. Studies have linked PM 2.5 to health issues such as asthma and cardiovascular disease. Hearing aids are now available over the counter. Due to a rule change by the FDA in August, hearing aids can be sold in stores without the need for buyers to see a doctor first. Previously, people were required to undergo a medical exam or be fitted by an audiologist. This rule change applies to products for adults who believe they have minor to moderate hearing loss. These over-the-counter hearing aids won't be suitable for children or people with hearing impairments. However, experts still say there are still advantages of seeing a doctor and being professionally fitted, regardless of the new accessibility of hearing aids. Just because cases are going down, it doesn't mean COVID won't come back this winter. Pfizer has stated that their newest Omicron booster has produced a strong immune response against Omicron subvariants BA4 and BA5. This vaccine has been available since the beginning of September, and the CDC recommends all of those five and older to get this booster. I'm Sophia, and this was STEM News You Can Use. Thank you, Sophia. That was great. And it's, it's, it's you know, it's kind of nerve-wracking to hear that, you know, it kind of feels like COVID is getting a lot better. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, most people aren't wearing masks in, 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 anymore. Especially or at our school, too. Much. Yeah. But then, you know, to hear that there's all these different um, variants and then, you know, that the, it's going to probably come back in the winter when everybody's traveling. Oh, or no. get worse again. <laughs> it's like, oh, no. Not again. I feel like it just went away finally, too, because mm-hmm. I know at the beginning of the year, or at least, okay, no, it was last year when the first manda- mask mandate came off. I feel like half the school was still mm-hmm. wearing a mask. Yeah. And then now it's maybe like three people in each class, I want to say. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I think it's a very low number. I think that people are just less scared now. Yeah. I, and a lot, uh, so many people have already got it. Most people, most people have already um, had, had one of the variants already. So people are like, oh, if I, you know, if I already had it once, then I'm not going to get it again. But with all these variants and it's like, no, <laughs> funny story about that one. There's actually... Yeah you know, a chance that that it can you can have it again. Okay, but next we ha- so our intro students I remember doing this when oh, I was yeah. an intro student. They <laughs> are making ghost stories in so in their class. And I remember doing this in my freshman year and let me tell you, mine was awful. Same. I'm gonna be honest. Oh my god, same. I even remember looking back at it too. I wanna say about six months ago, I made it with one of my friends, Elise, and then 
like six months ago, we were like, oh my god, like we just made. It. We remember we made our ghost story, so we were hearing all the inter students making theirs, and we're like, let's go back and see how good it was. <laughs> and I played it before I even played it. I was like, okay, this is gonna be like a ten minute, probably like really good. We were really creative back then, before like the stress of school got to us. Yeah. And I was expecting this really great, incredible ghost story, and it was like a two minute long audio clip of the probably worst recorded, like. <laughs> I want to say voice memo story that I have ever heard. It was awful. No, I think mine might be worse because <laughs> because I remember that um, in, in freshman year, I was always afraid to do the to record on like the actual. Oh um, yeah, stuff. yeah. So I was recording this on my iPad. No, uh, I was school iPad. This on my school iPad. Oh no. Like, <laughs> so I was just like, and I made my script. It was awful. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that this was like, oh, like I, I deserve. Yeah, like, the, oh, an this award was like our, for this, this was the big break. This is our yeah. This big is my break. big break. I was like, I just I deserve a award for this the story for this cases of the iPads too. Probably like <laughs> yeah. that quality down so. Much. I was like, this this is so this is so fire. Like everyone. Oh, Oh, yeah. This oh, was yeah. the coolest. And then it's like, that was the worst <laughs> thing that could... I don't... They, I bet they didn't even play it. Let's be honest. They definitely didn't. They definitely didn't. They're like, ooh. I, I, honestly, I want to have like a... I wish we could remake them with like the mm-hmm. same story. Same storyline. Like just see how much better it can stuff. be. Yeah. Because honestly, the creativity was all we had going for yeah, us. This, you got the participation points. Yeah, yeah. And we got the participation so points. Everyone that's it. was basically freshman when they did it too. Because yeah. like that's when you're intro. Radio usually... But thankfully now, I'm not sure if it was technology changes or if people are just getting smarter, but probably. the ghost both, stories are <laughs> a healthy combination, but the ghost stories are actually getting better. So thankfully we have one here today that is not as bad as Molly and I's freshman <laughs> year. So here is that now. It's time for a KMIH ghost story. Hello listeners from far and wide. Sit down for a story so scary, you will think you were the one who died. There was a little girl, about six or so. She was naive and kind and had a pet crow. One day her mom bought her a doll, one with a pink dress and a little toy ball. The doll held up three fingers on her tiny toy hand. This detail is one that you will soon understand. The girl loved the doll, and it seemed the doll loved her, but the crow always caught at the doll causing quite a stir. As the girl grew up and her personality kept switching, she forgot about the doll and left it somewhere in the kitchen. Then one night, when everyone was asleep, the girl heard the sound of a tiny voice sing. The next morning, as the girl walked down the stairs, she saw the doll, three steps up, giving a shiver up her hairs. She shook off this feeling, unknowingly so, that the actions of this doll would be something she would want to know. The next night, the girl heard a few clicks, and then the tiny voice, counting four, five, six. Getting out of her bed, she saw what had made the first sound, the little ball in front of her bedroom door on the ground. The girl was spooked, but still didn't mind, as when she was younger, the doll had seemed kind. One more night, the girl thought, as there were only three steps more, three steps more till the doll reached her bedroom door. The final night came, and the doll counted seven, eight, nine, as the girl was asleep, glowing from the moonshine. The next morning came, and her mom called her name. After three more shouts, she got tired of the girl's little game. 
She went to her daughter's room and suddenly saw a sight that made her scream and the crow give a call. A doll with a kitchen knife and four fingers held high and her daughter's limbs scattered awry. I hope you enjoyed the story and scared you at least by a smidge. Happy Halloween from 88.9 The Bridge. I'm sorry. Okay, while, while we're listening to that, uh, before we, before we comment on it, um, mm. our lights started flickering. <laughs> I bet it was um, self inflicted by our staff. But I would agree. It was terrifying. <laughs> it caught me off guard. And I'm gonna say, okay, I, okay, I can admit, I can admit that that ghost story, I guess, was probably better than anything I created freshman year. Mm-hmm. I Not say. only was was it terrifying, which it was. <laughs> that doll. No, no, I don't we're know, not. I don't know not. how kids are getting, knowing how to do all these, like, effects these days. Like, I had maybe two, two I, mean, I think I had two good knowledges of what to use for, like, audio qualities. I knew how to add background music. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> oh, that's actually one, because I can't think of another. All I could do was add background music. So oh, that's, this is, that's one more than me. This is a step up, so it's good to know that mm-hmm. our radio pro- program is uh, just... So talented. I honestly, like... That story I, and the, it was rhyming. It was scary. It, what, the, vo- the, too? the doll voice. If I ever heard that doll, you you would see me sprinting, <laughs> which I kind of wanted to. I was sitting here, I was like, and the yeah, lights were oh flickering, God, and I was flickering. like, I was like, no, no, not for me, not Kids for me. These days, it also had the creativity aspect too, mm-hmm. which at the time was all we had going for us. So I don't even know if I had that going for me. <laughs> so maybe okay, maybe next week we'll play Argo stories and we can just compare and contrast. <laughs> Actually, Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody. <laughs> I think it'll be more scary to just listen to how bad the quality of it is yeah, than anything else. The quality it will, will be more scary than the story itself. But thankfully, so. they're getting better. And on that, we have another uh, feature, which is people on the streets. Hello, I'm Annabelle Hegarty from 88.9 The Bridge, and this is... The series where I go around and ask random people random questions. This week's question is, if you could make one fictional place real, what would you choose? We had some interesting responses this week. Around half the people I asked couldn't choose between the many wonderful worlds that exist in literature and film. However, we did get some pretty fun responses. Definitely one of the Star Wars planets because they're cool. Camp Half-Blood from Percy Jackson because it's cool and there's like swords. Definitely Twilight. I'm a true Twilight fan. Hashtag Team Edward. Bikini bottom. So I can meet up with Mr. Krabs. (laughs) Probably the Hunger Games so I could put the people I don't like in it. I would make Candyland real because it seems like it'd be really cool to go there. And I want to go, or like shoots and ladders because I like slides. Um, my fantasy place would be a nice little hut on the top of a hill. No, like a place for a book. Oh, oops, my bad. Um, the place from Brave. The Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, because Mickey Mouse. Dude, I love to, I love to gritty with Goofy. I think that would be pretty, pretty fun. Okay, if I could make like any fantasy place become reality... I would choose Moana because they're always on the beach and I love the beach. Zootopia. Oh, that's because it just seems very happy and bright and technologically advanced. And it's so diverse because there's a wide range of animals who live there. Probably the scene from the Lorax with like the fluffy trees because I think that would just be iconic. I need to think first, Annabelle. Harry Potter Land or whatever it's called. What is that called? Hogwarts. <laughs> I couldn't think of it, okay? Harry Potter Land. 
probably the Harry Potter world because I think it would be really cool to fly above everything. It, no, but like planes do that, but like you know by yourself, without anything, without any logic. Harry Potter. Oh, I I like Harry Potter. It's like cool. I wouldn't mind if any fictional place came to life other than Harry Potter. I am very anti-Harry Potter, and if you say Harry Potter, that is a very basic answer. Sam, do you have a rebuttal to this? It is basic, but it's kind of good. Personally, I would make the Harry Potter world real, since I love the books and movies, and Hogwarts looks really fun. As always, thank you so much for listening to People on the Street, and make sure to keep on listening to 88.9 The Bridge. <laughs> Well, great. That, Thanks, Annabelle. I loved that feature. I think, okay. I did too. Harry Potter, okay, I was never really big on the series or like books Couldn't of the me. reading, but even from just like, the few clips you see, I think anyone who has a right mind would want to make okay, that a reality. you're a wizard and like witches. Why wouldn't you? I was a, In a huge Harry too? Potter kid. Maybe a little a bit still castle. am. But, but I would I would choose um Hogwarts. Oh it's, yeah, honestly, just like the food they have there. Yeah, seems they have like that that whole like all the food yeah. comes at dinner. That that would be my number and one. And what's reason. that one place that has? That's like that little village they travel to, at one point, and they need like a permission slip to go there. Oh oh oh! I know what you're talking about Hogsmeade. I don't know what that name is. But <laughs> <laughs> you're like, okay. yeah, oh, yeah, I, yeah. Okay, definitely. But yeah, I, I agree. Okay, whoever said that they're anti Hogwarts, just have a let's have a little chat. Soon, I don't know okay? why you wouldn't be. Even as someone who isn't avidly invested in the series, I know that's a great place to choose. Mm-hmm. But I'll just be chowing down on that. Food. We are going to be going to another feature, which is actually by myself, which I just realized. <laughs> so myself. enjoy this feature that I created. Um, and this was actually a submission to one of the awards that we submit for. So we'll hear that right now. I'm Sophie, and you're listening to 88 and the Bridge, KMIH, Mercer Island. Music and conversation that spans generations. I'm Sophie, and you're listening to 88 and the Bridge, KMIH, Mercer Island. Music and conversation. Whoa. I think I just zoned out. Every year, hundreds of thousands of people get into car crashes from distracted driving. One of the top reasons being the driver simply zoned out or became lost in thought. Stay present when you're behind the wheel, and next time you catch yourself zoning out while driving, remember what it could lead to. What a feature, I would say. What a pause to you. That was so good. What a PSA. At first, I was like, like, where is she going with this? And then I... It was a stretch. I can admit, it was a stretch a little bit. No, it was really, really well done. That was actually... Okay, that was... A, a new skill that I had just the, learned. Like the voice changing? Yeah. I, I don't, I, you gotta teach I me that. I just learned that, like, last week. And so I was like, oh, let me let me try and incorporate this somehow. Yeah, um, that, was, that was really cool. Uh, I hope you. you win across my fingers. Uh, me too. So we're gonna be going to the news, and that is gonna be with Sophia. Sophia? Over to can you. Can you hear us all right? How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. I am really, really tired, pretty hungry, but the <laughs> thing that's yet. keeping me going right now is that I'm gonna go get, like, a bagel sandwich after this, but... Oof. That sounds so good right now. And I'm going to answer Annabelle's question because right now she was saying if any fictional place were to come to life, like yeah. there kind of is one that's kind of fictional. Have you guys ever heard of Flavortown by the one and only Guy Fieri? 
Oh, like oh I, I could Take I could go there right now. Flavors they should make a theme park just out of flavor. Okay, personally. that's on. That's like cloudy with a chance of meatballs. I feel like that would be yeah. Flavor yes, mm-hmm. that was what I was making. That out. would be a all fictional right. world that I would go to. Yeah, because yeah, all you get to do is eat. Ah, I want to do that. that. That would be yeah. And it's like animated in a fictional world, so you yeah. won't get like overweight like, eating way too much. Yeah, the episode where it rains ice cream. Oh. Mm. I remember or like all the snow angels and stuff like that. Oh yeah, have I you seen the movies? Cream. The movies were that was yeah, a little sicky though, honestly. Yeah, but it'd be totally worth it. It would be kind of good. Yeah, at a good cost. I feel like I'm like I love food, but I feel like at some point you would get tired of food constantly mm. raining. From and the, the bugs. There would be so many more bugs. Ew! I didn't even think about that. Mm, Imagine okay. all the bugs and little rats. The rats. Uh, no. But not not um. If we're making our own things, then there's no rats, no bugs. Yeah, it's, it's, clean. it's, oh, it's just good food. That's all it is right now. But what is your opinion on stadium food, like sports stadium food? Mm. Overpriced, but still really good at the moment. I don't, in the I don't moment, know. I don't know. In the I'm, moment, I don't. There's not many options that I would eat besides from like the snacks, like the like the food options. I mean, mm, they true. give you what hot dogs and hamburgers. Is that it? Well, Overpriced. they've gotten better. They have Jin Tai Fung at uh, T-Mobile really? Park and the Memorial and stuff like that. Oh. They have the fried rice. Oh, like the fancy places where you can like go. I thought you meant like um. Like a Marsana High School stadium game. Oh, oh. No, 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 no. I was like, oh, we have some good hot, hot, yeah. hot dogs. Hot dogs that give us a cup of noodles every once in a while. noodles, okay. But I'm going to jump into some sports now because this weekend, as I'm sure you've heard, the Seattle Mariners are out of the running for this year's World Series. In an 18-inning game against the Houston Astros, the Seattle Mariners took their last loss of the season. A disappointing moment for the city of Seattle as it was the very first time in 21 years that the Mariners made it to the playoffs. The Mariners played their hearts out in front of 47,000 home fans, so good luck next season, Mariners. And the only other Seattle sports team left in the playoffs are the OL Reign, formerly known as the Seattle Reign. They will face off against the Kansas City Current this Sunday in the NWSL semifinals. The Reign have already claimed the NWSL Shield, which is the trophy that is given to the team with the best overall record after the regular season concludes, and are looking to add another piece of championship hardware to their trophy cabinet. The club has already sold about 14,000 tickets to the Sunday's home game at Lumen Field, but the team is hoping to fill it to about 20,000. And moving on to basketball, it is one of those days that so many people have been waiting for. NFL season has started back up, but this time it's the NBA. It is back today. The wait is over and the season will be kicked off with the 76ers versus the Celtics at 430 and a California classic, the LA Lakers versus the Golden State Warriors tonight at 7. And there are 12 more games tomorrow too. And kind of moving back to that MIHS stadium thing, we got a lot of senior nights coming up within these next two weeks. We have girls varsity volleyball at home against Juanita. That's not the senior night. And we have another home game tomorrow against Seattle Prep. But it is also girls swive senior night tonight at 4 p.m. at Mary Waite. And also having a away girls soccer game tonight against Juanita. Thursday, girls swive is away at Skyline for a meet. And girls soccer is away once again at Lake Washington. And finally, this Friday is our very last home football game against Newport. Show up in the jungle for All-Island Band Night, which happens every year during senior night to support your seniors on senior night. I'll be passing it off now to Jenna Martin with our weekly captain's interview featuring Mercer Island Girls Soccer senior and captain Katie Peterson. All you, Jenna. What's up, 88.9 The Bridge? This is Jenna Martin for week five of the captain interviews. Today, I'm joined by Katie Peterson, one of the girls soccer captains. Thank you for joining me today, Katie. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. To start things off, how long have you been playing soccer? I've been playing soccer for 13 years, starting off at a club on Mercer Island and then eventually moving to a club off Mercer Island named Eastside FC. Now that you're back on Mercer Island for girls' soccer, has that had an influence on you wanting to become a captain? 
the previous captains had such a positive impact on the team, and that's how I want to leave this team this year. I know that you were chosen like almost a year ago, so were you excited when you became captain, nervous? What were your emotions? I was definitely nervous to start off the high school soccer season, but as things went on and as the season went on, I became more comfortable leading the team and definitely love having such great teammates around me for me to lead. And Are your teammates people that motivate you to become a better leader? Definitely. Their positive attitude on and off the field definitely Help me become a better leader and as well as my coach's attitude on and off the field, just becoming a role model for how I should lead the team. Speaking of off the field, what is your guys' pregame ritual? We listen to music in the locker room and then the coaches come in and give us a pregame speech about the other team and how we should play and just getting us hyped for the game. And then we walk down to the field in a very uniform way to get everyone in the same mindset. Is music a big part of your guys' team? Definitely. Our favorite music to listen to is definitely rap or pop music in the locker room. My favorite song to listen to is Levitating by Dua Lipa. I love that. I guess I have to add that to my playlist. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Come support MIHS Girls Soccer tonight at 7.30 p.m. in the jungle for an exciting match against Juanita. Yeah, thank you so much, Jenna and Katie. I won't be there, and we won't be broadcasting that tonight due to some other issues, but I am excited for Girls Soccer Senior Night. So if you can't make it to that game in person, tune in here to 88 on the Bridge, where we will be broadcasting it live from the press box. Again, that is Senior Night, and that's all from me for now. Back to Sophie and Molly. Well, you heard her. <laughs> Show up and support the Islanders. The, their sports are such a big part of the island as well as clubs, which we don't talk about as much. So here is Elise, here to interview, actually myself again. Um, <laughs> so uh, did you do this on purpose? Like, no, maybe, stop maybe your actually. Own segments in our promotion. Yeah. <laughs> um, here is Lacroix Club, which is a really great club that you should join. Um, and Elise actually interviews myself as the current only. Ca- uh, the current only. I was about to say captain, and I was like, wait, president. Sorry. Um, so here is that now. Hello, I'm Elise McDonald on 88.9 The Bridge, and welcome to Club of the Week, where each week we shine a new light on a club here at MIHS. This week, I have Sophie Cartwright, the president of LaCroix Club, here to tell us a little more about it. So typically, we go to our meeting, have some snacks, have some LaCroix, um, and then it's usually chaos by this point, because everyone's <laughs> fighting for flavor. And then we'll probably, okay, sometimes we watch YouTube videos, most of the time we do, actually. <laughs> Um, and then we'll maybe play a game kit or a Kahoot game. And honestly, that takes up most of the time. But it's really fun because you end up becoming good friends with everyone who's in that. And it just becomes a nice little community. And we're all friends and we talk and have fun. So it's pretty nice. So fun. So how could someone join? It's very simple. Literally, all you do is just attend our meetings, which currently are only once a month. Um, with our next one actually coming up tomorrow on Wednesday. So that is the easiest way to join. We have some posters around the school, and we also have an Instagram page, MIHS LaCroix Club. You can find more details about when to come to our meetings, which is all you have to do to join. And we actually do have cords for seniors who are in LaCroix Club for the whole year. Awesome. So last and final pop question, what's your favorite LaCroix flavor? That's a hard one. Currently, I'm going to have to say hibiscus. It's just... I don't know, something about it is just hitting different these days. Very refreshing. Very. All right. 
thank you so much for coming on and telling us about LaCroix Club, Sophie. Thank you so much for having me. And to you two, thanks for listening to Club of the Week here on KMIH 88.9 The Bridge. Thanks. Thanks, Sophie. <laughs> what a feature. What a feature. <laughs> what, a, what a club. That it is, is, it's a, it's it's a great club. club. It definitely is a club at MIHS. Who allowed this? Just give me the name. I, really no, no, I, think, I think there were actually some... Um, some <laughs> conflicts among leadership and they're deciding like what clubs to keep and what not to. <laughs> they accidentally press they, they yeah, accidentally press a button. They that accidentally press like, keep <laughs> instead of court. delete this club forever. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was just it was just an oops in the system, but they forgot they forgot to remove it a while yeah, ago. Yeah, it's it's and they it's just been we've been here too long for them to keep or to get rid of at this point. <laughs> yeah, there's too many fans. But on that, we're gonna go to a great song. An, an amazing song. Incredible song, Strawberry Fields by the Beatles. That was kind of scary. It said, it said there was tw- 20 seconds left of the song, and then it stopped, and we're like, it's, I forgot about the instrumental part of the ending of that song. <laughs> That's our bad on that part. Again, our bad, <laughs> our bad. Um, it won't happen again. We promise. Please, don't take my kids. I promise it won't happen again. Um, So now we're going to move on to an interesting PSA about the pumpkin walk. Molly, I know you're... You're a big Halloween lover. Is oh. that your favorite holiday? Uh-huh. I'm, I'm so pumped for Halloween. I love Halloween. Do you it's... know where you're going to be yet? Oh, okay. So I ha- I'm like a person that will do multiple costumes. Oh, okay. And I'm not sure. It's like keep things interesting. Yeah, you gotta get, you, mm-hmm. can't, you gotta leave people on, the, on their toes. You to, yeah, you have to keep them wondering. Um, for one of them, at least for school, um, me and some of my friends are going to be characters from the movie The Royal Tenenbaums. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's a really funny Wes Anderson movie. I Okay, I, when you said that, I thought you meant like... You're gonna okay. So first period, second period happen. You go to the bathroom, quick change, and then because <laughs> I got new clothes. First, so. first, I'm Elsa. Then I yeah. Then I'm a pumpkin. Change the wig. Yeah. Because then... then you go. Yeah. But then I don't know. I'm gonna do. I haven't really figured out my other ones because I'm so okay. I'm so busy right now with mm-hmm. college and everything. I don't have time. Oh yeah. Time to really pick up. Halloween is not your. First priority, your costumes? It should be. It should be. Uh, I, I, I need to start. I need to pr- start prioritizing Halloween over college. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. just, it's embarrassing for me. How about this you? year, okay, um, I don't know. Usually I don't plan that sort of stuff until days before. Yeah, too. I love Halloween, but I'm so, I'm so unprepared constantly. <laughs> I love it, but you really can't start thinking about it until like October 25th, I want to say. <laughs> yeah, I agree, agree. In the past, yeah, usually when I was really young, I would like make my costumes usually di- like, ah. Uh, Hours before Halloween night would start. Like one year I was a bush and I want to say, <laughs> like 10 minutes before I left for trick or treating, I went outside, cut down all this ivy no, from like no, my neighbor's yard. Real ivy. I taped it Real. to myself. <gasps> I taped it to How myself. How old were you? Like 10. This was like last year. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, this is like last year. Yeah, I was 16. Like last month. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I don't know. People that like plan Halloween, like, Six months in advance. Oh, Scare me. Ain't no way. You stay away from me. Please. Like, that is terrifying. How, okay, how old, when do you think the acceptable age to stop trick-or-treating is? Probably, like, 20. And I'm just, <laughs> probably, like, As long 40. as you can pass for under, like, yeah. <laughs> no, I would say the acceptable age to stop trick-or-treating would be, like, 
I think you can trick or treat up to seventh grade. I thought you were to say seven. I was like, huh? <laughs> up to seven. Seventh, seventh grade. Then it cuts okay. Off. I think. I mean, yeah, maybe like thirteen. Okay. Okay. Four. I want to say if you're above five seven, then you don't pass as a kid as much. <laughs> what so it's going to be hard to trick or treat. If you're then a very tall, people are going to think you're like a high school trick or treating. Yeah. yeah. But. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what, what do you think? What do you I don't age? know. Okay, I would say. Yeah, thanks for you're just gonna give me a controversial question no, I, and not answer it yourself. <laughs> I'm trying to get you canceled today. Uh, oh, yeah, I feel like okay, 13's a good age. 13's. A, mm-hmm. I think that's a good. It's. I mean, it's free candy. So honestly, yeah. If you're going to the lakes too, which all Mercer around, it's a really great place to go trick or treating. You could honestly go trick or treating up to 16 in the lakes. I want to say. Yeah, yeah. Because they're yeah. just passing out candy. They don't really care. They don't really care if you're in a costume. Um, but back to what we were on about is yeah. the pumpkin walk right now. <laughs> the pumpkin so walk. Here is that feature. It's officially spooky season. Come on down to Mercerdale Park on Sunday, October 30th from 5 to 8 p.m. for a ghoulishly awesome family-friendly pumpkin walk. There will be food trucks, even a professional pumpkin carver, and of course, 88.9 The Bridge blasting your favorite Halloween jams all evening long. Again, the pumpkin walk is on October 30th, 5 to 8 p.m. Don't ghost us. I'm Mia Tamarkin from The Bridge. Now back to the music. Oh, okay. And Mia kind of killed that one. She did. She's, was, my, she's my improv class. That was perfect. It was to the point, October 8th, 5 to 8, be there. And I believe you can also drop off your own carved pumpkins. You can drop off your kids as well. <laughs> you can drop off your kids, just leave them. I'll watch them. At, oh, yeah. At, at, at the 89 booth. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was so good. Once was again, our like our freshmen are killing it. That was the freshmen too? Yeah. I, I could never. Wow. I could never. I can't, I can't tell if they're just really good or we were just really bad as freshmen. I don't, I think, I don't know if I can Again, do that now. Again, I'm going to say a combination. <laughs> I'm going to say a combination. combination both. Um, but we are going to be moving to our interview with Miss Melgar by Sophie Prague, who you heard earlier on news. This past week, I got the chance to speak with Daniela Melgar, Mercer Island High School's drama teacher. She filled me in on what the race literature course is at MIHS. Listen as Ms. Melgar describes this unique new class. We're reading uh, literature by diverse voices and marginalized voices. It's really important uh, when we read and we talk about race and gender and class and uh, ability and um, uh, sexual orientation and, you know, all the things, <laughs> religion, um, that when we're learning about those things and having those conversations that we're reading literature uh, through that voice, through that lens, mm-hmm. right? It's it's a lived experience. So we want to, we, we're looking for the lived experience and reading a book, you know, that's, that's written by a black woman and not written by a white man speaking about the black woman's experience, right? And so um, the idea of bringing all those voices together and, and having the conversations around race, um, starting there, you know, and, and kind of the foundation of, of the country and systemic racism, starting with that, going from there to look at the different identities. You know, we have so many different voices we're reading this year and how their lives um, are impacted by their identity, their racial identity or, or you know, other varied identities, Um and the intersectionality there. And then also looking at representation, you know, what we see on film, in TV, and um, in the books that we read, and how those voices and those identities are portrayed and represented. That was great. Thank you, Sophie. That was incredible. Not the one next to no, oh, yeah. the <laughs> other one. one. <laughs> Sophie Frog. 
Yeah, uh, Malgar is an amazing teacher. So definitely, if you're interested, check out taking um, the race class next year. And I love those teacher interviews, too. You always learn so much more about how teachers teach, what they're teaching, and about them, too. Mm-hmm. So on that, we are going to be moving into a honorable mention from the New York Times podcast competition from our very own MIHS. So this is Chloe Yang's story. So let's listen to that right now. I won't let you go because you'll always be by my side. Richard Yinka, the founder of the grassroots organization Adanu, embodies these lyrics sung by the village of Mafi Seva, Ghana. Adanu works alongside underdeveloped and rural communities to establish sustainable education solutions, embodying Lao Tzu's philosophy, give a man a fish and you feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish and you feed him for a lifetime. As the villagers celebrate the arrival of volunteers to build a library for their community, they hold a welcoming ceremony to bless the land the library will soon stand on. Richard has been working alongside remote Ghanaian villages for over 20 years, and through the collaboration of the village members, Adanu has built 35 schools and 21 libraries and counting. Prior to constructing the schools and libraries in the communities that have demonstrated determination and grit, Richard and his team assess the existing conditions unique to each village. That the model is based on working with and not working for. So we are working with the community members, the adults, the chiefs, and then together we work with the community to create the program. So before we can select the community, we look at what are the potentials that they have within the community, what can they also bring on board to support the project, and what can we look for outside the community that they don't have. And together we are able to come up with a strategy that will say, okay, if you want to go to school in the community, we look around, we work with the community, what do you have? They might not have access to cement, paint, the rods and the steel that we need. We're able to collaborate together and work on the project. And at the end of the day, we all celebrate the outcome of the project. All of the schools supported by Adanu are a community effort, a collaboration of the Adanu team, volunteers, and the entire village. One of Adanu's first projects was a village divided by a river that students would have to swim across during the rainy season. When we went to the community, we asked the story where are they coming from because most of the project, it doesn't really benefit only one community. It benefits more than three or four or five communities. And we asked them how do they commit to the school. There's a stream or a river. They have to swim Monday to Friday every day back and forth. And it's not incentive for them to go to school either. So we told the community before we can work with you, we have to find a local means of solving that problem of having a bridge across the river for the kids to be able to be in a safe environment before we can come in to help them figure out how best we can build a school. And lo and behold, they've been able to work together as a community, do their own bridge. And now today they have a school, they have a classroom, they have a library, they have a good environment to learn and teach. With Richard's persistence and the help of volunteers like Shelley Morse, who is the development director of Adanu, village by village, the inequity gap is narrowed and passion for change is ignited throughout the communities. As I look back 20 years later, I can see all of the good work that's been done. And when you're in the weeds of it, sometimes you don't know if it's ever going to come to fruition or if good things are going to happen. And so I know that they do. I think going back repeat trips and seeing what villages are doing on their own after we've been there and 
how change has happened and growth has happened and more development has happened. That's just empowering. Empowering villages to cultivate sustainable education solutions allows the villagers to establish ownership of their community, according to Miranda Lurkin, who is a board member of Adanu. The impact that Adanu creates transforms not only the generations to come in the villages, but also influences the many volunteers and their definition of community. The most memorable trip was probably the one in 2011 where I went with some high school kids. It was so fun to see those kids. We were worried that these kids might have a hard time and they were way more flexible and adaptable than any of the adults I've ever seen on the trip. They were fun. They had a lot of energy. They loved interacting with the kids. And it was just really cool to experience seeing them experience Ghana for the first time. I just imagine that that type of trip on all of these kids impact them on different ways. As we try to define community in this technological, fast-paced society, sometimes going back to the basics of friends helping friends and neighbors helping neighbors is the most sustaining model. The model of Adanu. I'm Chloe Yang, and thank you so much for listening. Oh, that was amazing. An incredible story. Thank you so much for that, Chloe Yang. Yeah, that was that was really well done. And now, again, these students are just so much more talented yeah. than makes, makes us. us. <laughs> us who can't even play the, more, the morning show stuff, right? <laughs> but hey, the only way is up. And now we're going to be playing Eating Adventures, which is a show you can listen to right here on KMIH. So let's hear what they have to say. Good morning. I'm Chloe. And I'm Haley from Eating Adventures. Today we're bringing some super cool food hacks to you. Flip your peanut butter and other nut butters upside down. It saves you the mess and time of trying to stir it together every time. Microwave leftover pizza with a mug of water. It rehydrates the crust and toppings without making your pizza soggy. Want to get the most out of your lemons? Microwave them for about 20 seconds for more juice. Waffle irons are not just used for only waffles. Try making hash browns in there for a fun crunch. And last but not least, use the float test to test if your eggs are fresh. Throw them out if they float to the top. You don't want to be eating rotten eggs. You can listen to our show, Eating Adventures, live Wednesdays at noon. And you're listening to 88.9 The Bridge. That made me hungry. <laughs> those were some interesting hacks. Uh-huh. Some I, of those would I would never have thought. Yeah. Like the lemon one? The pizza? I feel like that would make it, it makes... soggy, but okay. If you, <laughs> if you say so, I'm, I'm all trust uh, you oh, guys. Yeah. Okay. Um, we are almost at 8 o'clock, which means our morning show is almost I know. to don't, an end. Don't worry, but we will be back. Oh, we'll be back next year. Ne- or, oh, <laughs> <laughs> next week. Next week, this I meant is, to say. This is done. It's over. Next year. We're next over year. after we <laughs> yeah. one mistake and we're, we're gone. <laughs> we're cut. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening, though. I am Sophie. I'm Molly. And you can tune back in next week and find our show on any podcast listening platform. Yep. So we'll see you guys next week. And thank you so much for listening to KMIH, Mercer Island, 88.9 The Bridge, Breakfast on the Bridge. We hope you enjoyed your helping of Breakfast on the Bridge, brought to you by our KMIH staff and dedicated to the stories, lives, and people of the Mercer Island community. We hope your dinner was as good as your breakfast on the bridge. And thank you for listening.